0: Comfortably. Good evening, everyone on Zoom in the room. Uh, To give a give a title to this talk, um, I'll call it uh, "Closure, Acceptance, and Letting Go." Um, As you may remember from um, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that my um, my brother died. And um, sort a very unusual coincidence um, has happened since then because um, one of my old clients from many years ago, maybe five years ago, um, recently contacted me. And lo and behold, her brother just died a few weeks ago as well. And not only that, it's that like me, she was the person who found him um, dead. And uh, and uh, like my brother, they in some ways they they, led, they both led rather um, unfulfilling kind of lives, you know, and didn't didn't reach their potential in many kind of ways. And she's also a Buddhist. So there's, a lot of, there's an extraordinary connection there. And um, I, I wouldn't normally talk about my own personal life with clients because it's not about me, it's about them. But it seemed very appropriate to to share that with her so that she would understand that I have experienced, you know, something very similar to what she has gone through, which I think, you know, she appreciated it. And we've had um, a very kind of interesting and rich conversation, which has been both psychological and and Buddhist, around what it is we have both experienced, you know, with the the loss of a... A sibling, um, but to broaden it just beyond, uh, you know, lose, losing a brother or a mother or a father, is is just to remind you that that loss comes in many different forms in life and uh, can be a, you know, a loss of um, like a, a termination, you know, or a loss of a pregnancy. Uh, it's very distressing for people. Um, the loss of divorce and separation, loss of friends, loss of job, uh, loss of health. There's there's many different ways in which we we deal with loss. And it's part of being human that we're we're dealing with loss and with grief in many different ways in our life. And within um, grief counselling, the word um, closure has become a bit of a dirty word. It's a it's a it's a controversial word because um, uh, for many people it seems to play you know when people say oh if you got closure over your brother dying or got closure over losing your job or losing your baby there's people sense all oh yeah, it's all sort of wrapped up and I've let it go and it's all all neatly packaged and I'm just getting on with my life you know and um, and it's criticised as a word that gives people um, the wrong impression about what the nature of, of grief is. Um, and we we live in a very um, uh, solution-focused kind of culture, do you know, like there's an answer to everything and so on, and uh, everything's neatly packaged. And so we can just neatly package our grief as well and, and move on. And um, uh, my friend, this woman, who who's a client of mine, as a Buddhist, said that she, she got different responses from other um, Buddhist people, you know, who knew that her brother had died. And she got one from one person who said to her, well, grief is a kind of sickness, Do you know, you just have to get over it because life is impermanent. Like, so it's a very, very, coming from a very detached position. We've talked about the difference between non-attachment and detachment. So that's coming from a very detached place, you know. It's like, well, just get over it, kind of thing, you know. Because life is impermanent. Just accept impermanence, and everything will be fine. Um, but other people um, responded to her um, much more empathically, and so the idea that there's closure, like you know, that say, you know, you've got a, a missing relative, and you know, might have. Come to grief or murdered, or whatever, and, and they found, find the body and everything. Everyone says, "Oh, you'll find closure now because <laughs> found the body." Yeah. Um, it doesn't doesn't happen like that. And so, what what the nature of grieving is as part of the human experience, and my understanding of it from from my perspective, is that you don't ever really resolve grief, um, because the sadness and that loss just becomes part of the the narrative of what your life is. It's just part of your experience, and it flavours that experience. Um, but what I think does happen um, in dealing with grief and loss, there's not a sense of closure in that you've just neatly wrapped it up and you move on. But you, more importantly, you've integrated that experience into your life. Uh, which is very, very different. So so closure mean, seems to mean wrapping up, putting it away, and it's not there anymore. Whereas integrating it means that the, the feelings, the memories, the thoughts, the empathy, the connection, the love that was associated with that person, you know, or that organisation or whatever it, you might have had, it's there. And the nature of it is is that it often has a very um, what you could call ambiguous nature to it. It's not it's not clear cut. And the nature of relationships it's not it's not usually clear cut of you just unconditionally love that person, you know, and now they're gone. Most relationships are a mixture of, you know, of love and a history of conflict or difficulty or whatever. And and that all the whole lot needs to be embraced. And in some sense, um, all, all grief has some kind of um, complexity to it. And so the nature of, of grieving is just to hold the complexity. Uh, that's where you get integration, where you hold two things together. You might have loved someone and then you find them really difficult as well. Right? Um, and all of that, everything's included, right? rather than trying to compartmentalise. So there is a there is a letting go that occurs with grief and an integration, but it's not it's not the letting go of um, uh, that you'll never have any feelings anymore about that situation or that person that that's part of the nature of being human. And you rem- you may remember um, uh, Thich Nhat Hahn's words from that, um, sutra we re- recite. Please call me by my true names. I can't remember the exact words, but my, something about my joy, you know, is, is overflowing, and and my and my uh. My my suffering is like a river of tears, you know. So it, it's it's the nature of of life if we're if we've developed an empathic connection with everything. Um, that our, our life has a kind of joy to it, but it doesn't ignore and it doesn't lose an empathy for the experience of suffering that either we experience or other people experience in life. But it's but it's kind of like, it's okay. You know, that's, that's, that's just the rich experience of being a human being. To segue a little bit about it into something a little bit different, but it's the same kind of point in a way. Um, And this was a story that Katie brought to my attention through reading a book recently by um, uh, Uchiyama, who was a a Zen teacher in Japan. And another coincidence, that was Uchiyama's temple was the first temple I went to in Kyoto to do Zazen. But he had already died um, by the time I was there. But as Katie pointed out to me in a book that he wrote, Um, As a younger man, as a monk, um, he used to be very awkward about all of the rituals, you know, in a a temple and he was very shy so he would freeze up and he would get it wrong and he would forget what to do and he was very awkward and felt very embarrassed. And that was his experience as a monk and um, through his maturing as in practice, it just kind of came to this acceptance. Well, that's what I am. I'm a shy person who messes up the ritual, right, and forgets how to do it. That's who I am. That's my experience of me. So the the sort of the the embracing of that, all of that, that in, imperfection, rather than having some shiny image of ourselves that they're working towards, you know, is in the nature of Zen practice too. It's like we just is it, a very radical acceptance in Zen practice of just being what we are right now, not some perfect version that we're, um, we're aiming towards. I, had, I I guess I can relate to it because I had that same experience myself. I was, I was extremely shy as a child and even as a, as a young man, and through my Zen practice, there, there came a point where I kind of went, ooh, that was, that's just the way I am. And then there's some there's some kind of release when that occurs. I also had a another woman who saw me for counselling years ago, where the man that she was in a relationship um, broke up with her, which she was very upset about. And he said the reason he broke up with her was because she was too shy. So she so she came into counselling with the agenda of, well, how can I how can I um, grow out of my shyness, you know, so that I am I can win him back or I can be more lovable or whatever. And, and often what happens as a counselor is often you, you first buy the, the client's agenda, you know, so you get a little bit caught up in wanting to change things for them. But then my Zen training kicked in, you know, and, and towards the end of the session, I said, there's another way of looking at this. Why don't you just accept that you're a shy person, right? And so she did, and she went back to this guy, and and instead of you know pleading to come back or whatever, she just she said, I'm a shy person. That's the way, and you either like it or you you either don't, or and if you don't, we're, we're incompatible, you know. And so she became perfectly okay with her, with her shyness, and um, it was a different different kind of outcome for her. So, whether it's, you know. losing someone or losing something and going through grief or whether it's losing some image of what we think we ought to be and you come back into just the imperfection of the way things are at the moment and they're they're, they're a tangled mess and they're, they're not clean and tidy, just turn up to that, just be that. Life is busy.